All right, everybody, y'all know what time it is. This is The Network. This is our attempt at creating a modern podcast version of the Negro Motorist Green Book. Every episode is designed to help black people in four ways, physically, mentally, spiritually, and financial as we travel in and through America. Today's guest is Jason Brown. I've known this brother a long time, about 20 years. JB, how you doing, bro? Man, I'm outstanding. I'm, I'm feeling exceptional. I'm just, I'm glad to be a part of the network, man. I'm, I'm blessed to be a part of this, man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, man. I, Cause it's been a while since we had a good conversation. Last conversation we had was a, a long debate about Outcast, but we're gonna talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. And, and listen, we got to do that again. That's what I was trying to figure out how all of this stuff works, man. Trying to figure out this technology stuff. Um, but we're gonna definitely talk a little bit about that. All right, so. We're going to break the ice, man. We're going to break the ice, give everybody a chance to get to know who you are just a little bit. All right. You ready for this, brother? Rock, man. Let's go. All right. Give us your government name. The government name is Jason Elliott Brown. All right. Where were you born? Houston, Texas, Methodist Hospital, Southside for Life, baby. Okay, you are a child of? James Edward Brown Sr. and Betty Jean Haynes Brown. You know you're from the country when, you're, when you really got those two names. Like, they didn't just call my mama Betty, they called her Betty Jean. Betty Jean. There it is. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Shout out to the parents. All right. Are you married? Do you have any kids? Man, I am married to the most, in, in the words of Keith Murray, to the most beautifulest girl in the world. Uh, and if she don't change the locks on me, it'll be 17 years, October 23rd. Uh, we got two kids. I have a 14-year-old son, uh, freshman high schooler, um, baseball player. That's all he does. And I got a sixth grader who plays softball. And they're all at practice right now while I'm hanging out with you. Okay, good stuff, good stuff. You are a graduate of? The incomparable Southern University and A&M College in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Outstanding. What did you want to be when you grew up, like when you were a kid? You know, what What did you want to be when you grew up? Bruh, it was really somewhere between a firefighter and a neurosurgeon. Okay. I just, I, I couldn't make up my mind. I'm 0 for 2 in that area. And then, <laughs> and, and then I was like, you know what? I want to make commercials. I'm 0 for 3. Hey, listen, man. It's never too late. <laughs> it's never too late. All right, here we go, man. Before we really jump into this thing, last thing for breaking this ice, I want you to rep your hood and give your shout outs to all of your people before we get started. All right, well, first of all, I'm not from the hood. Unfortunately, I'm gonna rep my suburb where I grew up, Sage Glen. It's still south side of Houston, Texas, because people say, man, you're not from Houston, man. My address says Houston. 77089 is where I'm from. So everybody in the South Belt, Shout out to Clearbrook High School. Yeah, that's where I went. We broke the ice over there. We made our names, and my name is on the wall somewhere. Shout out to the wife if she's going to pay attention one day, right? And shout out to the kids yeah, who are going to be running their own podcast, right? And every Good. every Good. educator, shout Good. out to every educator out there, man, that's uh, trying to figure this thing out through the pandemic. I was talking to a buddy of mine today, Mike, talking to Dre today. I was talking to Dre today. And Dre was like, but Hello. dog, y'all get off some. I was like, yeah, that's cool. But um, my insurance is another car note. And then I got to pay that deductible to get to the 80%. So all I got to pay is 20. He was like, oh, word. I said, yes. 
I mean, we got into it. We talked about it. But he was like, oh, oh, okay. So shout out to all educators who are trying to teach kids with no mask. But that's another conversation. <laughs> Man, one of my favorite things is, hey, listen, I don't need your respiratory droplets on me. How about it? Keep your, keep your respiratory droplets to yourself. Bruh, how about they be all in right. school like this? Hold on. They be in school like this. Like, why don't you just put it on? Just, if you're going to either take it off or put it on, but what's the point of... Okay. It's an earpiece. That's all it is, man. It's an earpiece. It's an earpiece. All right, brother. So that's a little bit about Jason Brown. Hopefully y'all y'all got to know a little bit about him. Jason, is there anything that we missed that you want to let our listeners or watchers know? Watchers, well, viewers. Yeah, the watchers. Um, man, honestly, since, since I was 0 for 3 and all the things that I wanted to do when I grew up, and, and even part of that was, you know, I wanted to be my own, I wanted to own my own business too. Um, I still found the right place, still found the right place. Um, so when I was in high school as a senior, I took a class called PALS and, and in that class, we got to work with kids and I really enjoyed it. And then I still went off to Southern and tried to do marketing because I was going to be Marcus Graham. That's what I was going to be, right? <laughs> and then that summer of after my freshman year, I started lifeguarding and getting in the lives of kids um, in the hood and in, in real in a real impoverished area, man. Uh, if you ever heard of Acres Homes, Acres Homes is a nice area, but there's some pockets in Acres Homes on the north side of town. Man, if you make a left turn, man, you might not be in a, be in a good spot. Um, yeah. But I was yeah. able to be out there, man, and work with those kids and build relationships and serve, teaching kids how to swim, coaching the swim team, you know, with kids where if you go to another side of town, they wouldn't even let them in the pool, right? And uh, And that's when I discovered I'm in the right place. And so I've been working with kids literally – since I was 18 years old and I'm 45 now. That's good. That's good. Sounds like you are walking in your purpose. Oh, no doubt. And the thing about it is even at 45, I think um, there's still, there's still so much left on the table. You know, um, I'm still trying to leave it on the court. I'm still, I'm still trying to pour as much as like, I'm, I'm literally trying to empty myself. You know, Mike, like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to leave anything when I leave this earth. I want to leave an inheritance. I want to leave a good name. But in terms of myself, I want to be empty when I leave. That I've given all that I possibly could to uh, to help somebody out and to make and to make my family's life better, and then the people that I touch even even more. So, and that's good, JB. So you're already talking about your passion and your purpose. So let's keep going. So what is your why? You know what what is your why? Weave that journey for us. What has led you to where you are now. Kind of talk about, you know, some of those experiences that got you to where you are now. Wow, man. Um Mike, I've um I've made so I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, man. Um I've embarrassed my family in some places. And I'm talking about my family name. Um even embarrass my family in terms of my wife and children in some places, you know, as an older person, um, I, I've, I've been, 
Ah, so let's 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 weed the story. Let's weed the story. My dad wanted me to be a dentist. He wanted me to go into medicine to kind of be the okay. the, the, the the typical first doctor of the family. Uh, I tell people this all the time that you know, Mike. You know, honestly, you know, I grew up black privileged. If, if that's such a thing. My, both, right, my, right. both of my parents went to college. They both went to Southern. Um, we we moved from um, Hyam Clark, which was a suburb, to a even more, even a, a wider suburb. Um, so I never went home worried about if I'm going to eat or who's going to be there, if the light's going to be on. When I, gradu- when I knew I was going to graduate high school, it wasn't a matter of if I was going to college. It was where. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't have to... I didn't feel the need to necessarily hustle to get money for school because I literally took for granted that the fact that my parents had already kind of indicated that if you if you have a plan or you have a choice, then we're going to support you, right? Or you know what you're going to do, we're going to support you. Um, and so I, I literally went in with the idea of, one, I'm not going to be a dentist. But still in the back of my mind was I still want my dad to be proud of me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want Did my, you tell him? Had you told your father that you didn't want to be a dentist? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I told. Okay. Him. I, and matter of fact, when I even brought up the idea of being an educator, he kind of, you know, kind of was like, "What? Those people don't make any money, you know?" Blah 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 blah, which was true. <laughs> um, right, right. But um, you know, it's it's the idea of, uh, and I know it's you know coming from where he came from because he grew up, you know, impoverished. He, he grew up in the country, broke. My my grandfather was a sharecropper. Uh, and my mom grew up, you know, they were uh, farmers. So the idea of having a doctor in the family of being able to say my son is a physician, I'm sure somewhere played in his, played in his mind because most parents want their children to exceed them. So my dad is in the oil and gas. He's an accountant. My mom's an accountant in education. Um, and so the next step up is, you know, terminal degrees or you're a doctor or physician or you're a lawyer or something like that. Lawyer, I thought about it, but I wasn't that interested in school, Right. Um, and so, so the the, I guess the 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 compromise was okay. Well, I'm gonna go major in business, and I'm gonna get a marketing okay. degree, right? And I'm gonna do this Marcus Graham thing. I'm gonna be successful, uh, be dressed nice, uh, you know, a female companion or three, you know, the whole <laughs> the whole thing, right? Real real life boomerang. Real life boomerang, right? Yeah. Um, but then when I got in the lives of those kids, man, it was like. It was like lightning going through my body. I was like, this is this is it. I, I taught 26 kids how to swim four different strokes by myself. This I said, this is it. And I enjoyed it. The fact that I can take these little kids out to the Braisewood area and to Maryland and all these pools, TC Jester, and they're competing and winning medals against these kids who've been swimming all their lives. I'm like, I found it. I'm piling them up in my truck to go to the circus. Like, Mike, I so, found it. Let me, let, me, let me ask you something, man. Yeah. And I'm taking you somewhere with this, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm like, so how many summers, well, I'm, I'm assuming it was a summer, but how many summers or years were you giving swim lessons? I did that for two summers. For two summers. For okay. Two summers. So, Man, because I'm hearing like a like a a, a a movie, right? I'm hearing, you know, like a little a little mini series, a movie. So what happened that pulled you from swimming? Or is that where you going? Well, so 
Man, that's a, that's a, that's a good question. That's a tangent, but that, that, I don't mind because the following summer I stayed for summer school. Okay. So I stayed for summer school, and then, um, so I stayed I, I stayed for summer school, and then I did that again because I was getting ready to graduate. So I stayed for summer school, got ready to do men's federation, that kind of stuff. Um, then stayed again to get ready to graduate, um, and that's what that was it. But the thing is, I still kept some of those relationships. And so I still okay. know some of those kids. When I got my first teaching job after I finished from Southern, I ended up teaching back in that neighborhood. And okay. so I, when I walked okay. into my first classroom and I'm walking the hallways, it was like, Mr. Jason. And, he, and, and, and now we're talking, you know, two or three years later, they've grown a little bit. You know, you got, yeah. you got Tank yeah. in there. You got Ebony in there. Like they're, they've grown a little bit, man. And so, and so I'm in my wheelhouse and I'm teaching algebra, right? And, and I'm, and I'm loving it. And then I go back to my home church and I'm starting to volunteer in the church and I start a mentor program at the church and we're rocking and rolling. And, and before you know it, it goes from volunteering and just counting kids and handing out hot dogs to, Hey man, can you teach this class? And I'm like, yeah, let's sure. Let's, let's, let's see if I can get in, get into this Bible with them. And I was the cool guy because some of the older heads, you know, I walk in and I'm dapping kids up. What's up? It's good to see you. I'm hugging them. Good to see you. And they're like, no, you need to shake their hands and you need to, you know, they need to be stern and they need to be this and that. And I'm like, but that's cool, but you're not connecting. And I'm not trying to be cool. That's my, that's, if you know me, that's who I am. If I see you and I know you, I love you. It's going to be a dab. It's going to be a hug. It's good to see you. It's going to be a smile, that kind of thing. And so it, it poured out into that. Running a mentor program, doing this teaching now, go from teaching on Saturdays to now I'm teaching Sunday school. Like, okay, so we really got to dig in now because I can't get up here teaching these kids wrong. None of that, right? We're touching this Bible. We got to teach it right. So how old are you? At this time, At this I time. am got to be 25. Okay. When this stuff starts to okay. unfold like that, I got married at 28. So you're about 25, 26. Yeah, somewhere in there. Then I enrolled in grad school, working on my counseling degree, um, you know, just, just to get ready to move, you know, to a different area in education. But still doing his church work, still in kids' lives, mentoring. Then I move into a counseling job, move a little further up in the district, get married. And then the church comes and says, we would like for you to come on full time. As uh, our full time director of youth and children's ministry. Okay. That's what I said. I said, okay, <laughs> what's the compensation package? Because I'm in my profession. I don't have to leave my job. I'm doing fine. My wife and I are doing fine. Financially, we're doing we have The little debt that we had is now gone. Uh, and I don't want to put us in financial strain. I'm not, this is no longer volunteer. Now you're talking about vocational ministry. This is a profession. So, so we worked out a financial package. It was a little bit of faith move and sacrifice, but to leave the profession that I've been working in for so long and have been building relationships and literally moving up a ladder to say, mm-hmm. you know what, I'm going to abandon that and I'm going to go try this work at the church thing, right? So it's going well. We're building youth ministry. This is 2008 now, 2008. Okay. All right, okay. give you some time. So we're 2008. We start this and, you know, it's a little rocky in the beginning because some of the people that I'm now leading help raise me in the church. And so they got to take, you know, they got to follow my lead. So there were some bumps in the road because, you know, I'm young, I'm on fire, I got all the energy. I'm the cool guy. Everybody like Brother Jason, you know, whoop de whoop de whoop And they tired of this old stuff. Now we're pumping some life into it. And and I and I made a lot of young mistakes and prideful mistakes and um, almost ruined some very 
strong relationships as I try to develop into a ministry leader. And, you know, only the grace of God was able to, you know, keep that stuff kind of tight. Right. And um, and we were able to continue to progress. Let, let me ask you this. Yeah. So and, I, and I'm not going to ask you to go into detail. Um, but what was it? Can you kind of draw the line or have you figured out where to draw the line between I'm on fire for God and this is where I made mistakes. I'm trying to grow this ministry, but I'm moving a little too fast. Did you, have you kind of figured out where that line is, you know, um, because it's, it's not always easy to see, mm -hmm. you know, just kind of thinking about it, you know, it's like, we want to move forward. We want to grow. We want to build these relationships at what point did you realize that, you know, you, there were some, some mistakes being made? You know, what, what was that line that when you stepped over it, you were like, oh, no, that was that was kind of a mistake. Enjoying this episode so far? Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Google, Breaker, Radio Public, or Pocket Casts. Now back to the show. Um, so one of the things that I did for our, our volunteers since I was there full time is whatever materials they needed, because I set the curriculum and do all that stuff. And I just say, whatever materials you need to, to, to do your particular area of responsibility, just let me know. And when you arrive, it'll be boxed up and ready for you to grab and go and do your service and then bring it back and I'll clean it up and do all of that stuff. Right. One mm -hmm. of the things that I asked them, though, is to have your stuff into me that you need. If we're doing something on Saturday or Sunday, give it to me by Thursday or Friday, because what I want for them, what I wanted for them to do is when they walked on campus, that all they had to do was grab their stuff because they're already mentally and spiritually prepared. So then we would come together and pray. And then, you know, here's your stuff and you know where your area is. Your kids are going to be waiting on you to pick them up and take you to the area. Right. So it's a it's a it's a Sunday. And one of our volunteers was in the room making copies. And in my youthful, I'm going to say arrogance is a good word. Okay. Um, my In my arrogance, I walked in and talked to this lady who, you know, has two children that's in the ministry, uh, but has been working before I got there because the ministry was already there before I got there. I was there to just, you know, enhance, take it to the next level or whatever, or even keep the status quo. They probably would have been cool with that, but I, I'm not cool with that, right? Uh, right and right. I said, we are not making copies on Sunday. We've talked about this in training. You know, we've said this. I set the parameter. I told you I'll do it for you. Just give me the stuff, but I want you all to come here and just get to it. Let's go. Because what it says to me, and I'm this is the words I'm saying, what it says to me is that you have not prepared through the week to deal with the Lord's children. Okay. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't curse. But she said, boy, I'm old enough to be your mama. Don't you yeah. ever come in here and talk to me like that. We've been here. We've been doing this. 
blah, 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 and just undressed me. And man, I walked away furious because who you think you're talking to? I'm the director. Yeah. They, yeah. they 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 pay me to come and do this job. I'm the one that has a bachelor's and a master's degree. And I went to Saddleback in Irvine to go sit under Rick Warren to figure out how they do youth ministry there and went over to Second Baptist and went over to Sage Mount to figure out how they're doing big youth ministry because I want to bring that attitude here. And you got the gall to say, who do you think you are? And then I realized, oh, she's a mom. She's a wife. She's a full-time, she's full-time employed. And the only person in this room that does this every day is me. She walked away from serving for probably two years. And that's the blessing on, this, on that side because once I, once I saw myself in that, because I went and talked to somebody and I was like, man, who they think they are? They was like, well, maybe you could have approached that a little differently. You have to realize that you are the only one full time, number one. Yeah. Number two, people have lives, man. They they stuff happens. You don't know what happened, what she had to endure throughout the week just to make it to this point to come and run these copies so she could do the best she could with what she had. You don't know what happened. And you didn't even give it a chance. That's the moment where you should have exercised grace. And that's when I realized that was that was so out of line. And so when she finally came back, man, I asked her to come and talk and I apologized because I was even in even in the next couple of years, she wouldn't say a word to me. And I'm like, you ain't speaking to me. I'm not speaking to you. Whatever. You know, we moving on because the ministry continued to grow. And we continue to move on. So I showed that I didn't need you. We showed that we didn't need you, but we did because you were there to teach me something about me and my leadership style. Right. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Prior to that moment. Who, what, or how had prepared you to lead? Hmm. I got. I got to take it back to the old man. That's my my dad is a leader, man. You know, um, I watched him do it. He was, um, you know, probably twenty years of presiding deacon. I watched him pastor. I watched him at one point. He, I think he did two terms as a national alumni president for the yard. Right. I, wow. I, he was, he, he was a long time chapter president uh, for at least, for at least two decades. Like I, I watched him. Right. And, and even at the same time, I watched my mother handle all of that responsibility that, that he took on with grace. And that's the part I picked up later on in life, that watching her move, because that's that's the part of leadership, too. It's yes. it's, it's it's I I can't I can't. And I and I and I learned it. I'm glad I learned it early. And I can't stress this enough that leadership by fear is not leadership. That's just intimidation. Right. That's good. But that's if, good. but if you can love on somebody enough. And they know that you're, and they don't mind following you. They know you're in the front because there are people that are, that their purpose is to help somebody else's vision come to fruition. Yeah. And some people know that. But if you, if you love on those kind of people and you're in a leadership position, man, the, the amount of grace you'll learn to give and, and the stuff that they'll do, man, they'll, they will run through brick walls 
they are, these are the kind of people that when your name is, they'll bring your name up in another in another room when you don't know. But if your name is brought up in a negative way, they'll silence that stuff. Those those are the kind of people when you when you love on them and treat them right. Because when I went back and and, and apologized to that lady, and we had a we probably had a long two hour conversation, uh, of, of just you know saying what I was thinking and where my mind was, man, and what I was trying to do. Because I've been fooled. This <laughs> let me tell you the truth. This this might hurt some people, but I'm not because I'm not gonna. If you, if somebody's watching this that knows me, uh, they may cringe when they hear this. So this is an exclusive for for public consumption. Let's go. I was told to go in and wipe everything clean and start over. Mm. And when I started that process, the people that told me back told me that crawfished. Mm. And I'm gonna leave that right there. And that's one of them. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. So leading man, yeah. leading is it's very delicate. It's very delicate, and you touched on something that's very important about leadership, and that was, you know, loving the people that you lead. Yeah. You know, leadership is, it's a dance. It's a dance. Sometimes it's a line dance, you know, where everybody is getting in step. Sometimes it's more of a tangle. <laughs> Come on, man. You know, it, it's got some it's got some elements to it, but that's good, JB. Keep going, bro. So, so I'm doing that now in, in the process of trying to do this ministry thing, I'm thinking of branding. Like what, what is going to enhance, enhance this, this thing that we're doing called youth ministry, right? Mm -hmm. what, what is going to mm -hmm. make it, what is going to make it special? You know, I, I, I wanted, the desire I had was I want people to look at something and know that's the youth ministry without even saying it. It's the, it's the, it's the, I wanted the, the golden arches. I wanted the check. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. The, yeah, the blue check of youth ministry. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. When you yeah. see it, you know exactly what it is. So our church had a logo, but, and a, and a brand, but as a youth ministry, we had, we didn't have our own identity. So I'm sitting in my office one day, man. And, and, and then, and, and I'm listening to Ty Tribbett. He had a song called Well Done on one of his older albums. And I had on this shirt that has a big microphone on it and it says one audience, right? And so I'm listening to this song. I'm just thinking, I'm meditating. I'm jotting ideas down, blah, 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 blah. And then Ty Tribbett says these words. We're living our whole life to hear two words. Well done. And I stopped the CD. I would listen to the CD then. I stopped the CD. And so I said, okay, where have I heard that? That's Matthew 25. That's Matthew 25. And so that's where um, Jesus is telling this parable about this, this, this master who's going away on a journey and he's coming back, but he's not telling them when he's coming back from this long journey. But he gives three servants three different amounts of money. And so when the master finally comes back, then he calls these servants into accountability. And everybody got an amount based on what they could handle, five, two, and one. Right. So he went to the one in five and said, OK, what you do with the money I gave you? You said you gave me five. Here's ten. The master said, well done. Good and faithful service. You've been faithful a few things. Come high. I'll make you rule over many. Enter into my joy. In other words, let's go party. You invited. Let's go. You did good, bro. The one with two. Same thing. You brought me. I get you gave me two. I brought you back four. He said the same thing. No same two words. Well done. Then the one that had the one 
He said, man, I know you're a hard man, blah, 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 blah. I'm scared. I buried it. But here's what you gave me in the same condition you gave it to me. And he was like, you wicked and lazy. Different two words. Two words nonetheless. But he called him wicked and lazy. He said, at least you could have took it to the bank. Right? Yeah. Get some interest on it. You could have taken it to the money changers. You could have exchanged it, done something, but you did nothing. You can't come to the party. As a matter of fact, not only can you not come to the party, I want you in the outside of the outer darkness. Like, you're going to go where they're weeping and gnashing of teeth. Like, it's not a cool place. Not only can you not come to the party, but I'm casting you away from this whole scene. And so I'm like, what what, what do we do? Why are believers? Here's the why. Why do believers, as a believer, why do we do what we do? Right? Do we do it because we want to say, hey, ma, right? I'm on TV. Or do we do it to make our dads proud? That's one of the things that I always try to do. Do we do it mm-hmm. for our children so our children can say, look, that's my old man doing that up there, right? Or do we do it to show off for the chicks that's at the court watching you hoop and then you do a little bit more because they out there? Like, what is your why? For the believer, we have to understand that this is my why. I'm coming to it, man. I'm sorry because I get excited when I and emotional. No, you good. Like, you good, like, man. You good. Like, when one day the Lord is going to come back and is going to call all of the believers into accountability concerning what it is that he gave us. What did you do with that wife I gave you? What did you do with those children I gave you? What did you do with that house I gave you? What did you do with your finances? What did you do with your job? What did you do with all of the kids that you coach? What did you do? And we want to be able to say, this is what I did. So we can hear two words. Well done. Well done. So everything that we do, all that we do is for one audience. That's the Lord for two words. Well done for one audience for two words, 41, 42. And before you know it, it was my, my, my office got hot <laughs> and I, and I figured out that it's bigger than doing this for my mom or my dad. And then I wanted to get that to the children to understand if you're doing it for the lights, that's not big enough because when the lights go out, you're going to stop. If you're doing it for your mom, that's about big enough because if she dies, you're going to stop. If you're doing it to please your friends, that's not big enough because at some point they're going to turn away. You have to understand that God has given you something, given me something, given Mike something that he's going to call us in the question about. And we want to hear those same two words, man. That's my why. That's why I work with these children. That's why I try and raise good children in my house. That's why I try and love on my wife the best way I can. Because I want God to be pleased and say, well done. You did a good job. Jason Elliott Brown. That's good stuff right there. So let's do this really quickly. Because if if you are not inspired now by this brother's why, I I don't really know what's going to inspire you. So, Jason, do this for us. Yeah. For the people who are listening to the audio podcast and those who will be watching by YouTube, tell them where they can find you or get a little bit more information uh, concerning, because we we hadn't really pointed it out yet, but on your shirt, you got the 4142, right? For one audience, for two words. Did I say it correctly? You said it correctly. All right. So, so tell the people who are listening and those who will be watching, where can they find you or find a little bit more about 4142? Good deal. So 4142 has now moved into developing children in various areas and also developing those who serve children, right? Uh, through uh, speaking, um, I, I, you know, I still go out and preach. I write a little bit. Um, but my website is just that, 4142.com, but it's spelled out. 
somebody tried to get me because they saw I, I was doing something. And I tried to get that domain, 4142, and do like, I sell it to you. I was like, how much? And I said, nah, I'm going to spell it out. I'm good, brother. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I'm nah, good. I'm so, good. So the website is there, um, and it's active. Um, so that's a great place. I'm on Instagram, J.E. Brown 4142. J.E. Brown 4142 on the ground. So I'm always popping up there doing something. Uh, I'm on Facebook. It's my... I don't use the whole government name. It's just Jason Brown. Um, and I have a YouTube channel that is currently under reconstruction, but it's still some items there where you can find not too preachy with JB. Now that's the other thing right there. And so because I like to talk and talk with people, um, and that's, that's where you and I always vibe, man, is I, I started, I want to say right when the pandemic first hit um, this thing called not too preachy where I get on and, you know, we give, a, I give a little word, that's just full of my personality because I'm a, I'm a preacher. Uh, but you know, just, I'm literally not too preachy. Like I, I can't even explain it. I like to talk about God's word in a real laid back. Uh, I don't know if contemporary is a word, but it's just my personality. Like I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm hype, but it's, you know, I'm not spitting Greek and Hebrew and, you know, you no, know, no exegesis. Oh, it's always gonna be. Hold on, it's always gonna be exegesis. You just won't see the work because I've done the work before I talk to you. But it, okay. I, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's always gonna be exegesis. But it's it's just kind of you know it's just kind of informal. And then I also bring on interviews with you know people that I'm cool with that have something to bring to the table that's inspiring. Um, and so I do the show on Facebook Live. Um, but I also post the videos on YouTube. And like I said, it's being updated and I have a podcast. It's called Not Too Preachy. So that's that's okay. where I'm easy to find. I got Twitter, but I don't use it much. But it's Mr. 4142 spelled out Mr. But I don't do Twitter that much. I, I go on and look and see what Coach P is saying. <laughs> All right. So listening, if you are listening to the audio podcast or if you're watching by YouTube, now is a perfect time for you to go ahead and hit that like and subscribe button. While you're in YouTube, Y'all go ahead over there and make sure you find Not Too Preachy. Hit like and subscribe on that one as well. If you're listening, if you're listening to Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening, man, like, tell somebody, share the podcast, tell a friend. JB, I want to talk a little bit more about Not Too Preachy. And my question is, why? Why Not Too Preachy? Why that title? Um, (laughs) Is there... My pastor put it this way um, to me one time. He said, we are called to be the salt of the earth, but sometimes we can be a little too salty. Bro. Is that what it is? So, you know, too much salt to give you high blood pressure, right? Amen. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. This, so, you know, there's a story behind that. Can I tell a story? Tell the story. I'm at, I'm at work one day and I get a phone call from a uh, friend whose child uh, was in the youth ministry when I was serving. She was like, JB. And I'm like, what up, girl? Uh, shout out to uh, Charlie McCall, by the way. Uh, she does um, Confluence with Charlie, Charlie McCall. She has a good okay. podcast, good good, uh, good stuff. Um, she's very, very unorthodox in everything that she does, but she is she is a light, for sure. She got a lot of energy. Um, and she just wrote a new book, but I, I can't say the title because it's a uh, She's Charlie McCall. Go look it up. Go find a book. It has a it has a vulgar title, but I know it's it's, it's the title is just it's catchy. But it, anyway, anyway, so she called me just like, hey, um, 
Would you? Uh, cause I, cause I, I wasn't, I wasn't doing not to preach it, but I was doing videos, just motivational videos, and I was doing it live on Facebook. And so, you know, people are watching. She called. She said, "Hey, man, you might be good for radio. I'm on this thing called Blessed Beats, and uh, Memphis, who runs Blessed Beats, is looking for content like yours. I'm gonna connect you to him, and and man, he would love to have you on the team. Probably, man, just talk to him. I bet. So I get on the phone with Memphis." And talking to Memphis, found out that Memphis and I go to the same church. Okay. By this time, I was at a different church. I've been in a new church for about two years, right? So we go to the same church. And he was like, man, I love this conversation. Why don't you come into the studio? Let's talk some more about what we can do. I'm like, absolutely. So I go all the way out to where the studio was on 610 and Ella. I don't do Northside unless I'm on my way to Dallas. I go on to Burns or baseball, right? <laughs> Shout out Southside, baby. Anyway, uh, so we get into the studio and we get to talking, and he's like, man, tell me your story. And so I tell him my story, you know, areas where I've, I've made some, you know, horrendous mistakes. I almost lost my family, made a lot of mistakes in ministry, uh, made some mistakes as an educator, all of those all of those things. And we get into it deep, and we're exchanging information. So there was an instant connection, right? He says, man, I, I would love to have your content on my platform. And I know you're a preacher, right? But I want something that's just... Not too preachy. Not too preachy. <laughs> you know, like, you know how the preachers be, ah, doing all, like, I don't want all of that. I just want something that's not too preachy. Let's get it, just get on and talk to the people, right? And so I literally put that in my pocket, and it never happened. I sent them some samples of my preaching, and sometimes when I preach, I do get excited at the end. The organ plays. I may or may not be on tune. I don't know about the end because I'm about to wrap it up and go sit down. Because uh, yeah. when the Holy Ghost is done speaking, I'm done speaking, so I go sit down, right? And, man, um, he was like, man, I was really kind of preachy, <laughs> right? And I'm like, you know, the, the conversational uh, me and the, and the pulpit me, uh, uh, it's a thin line, but there is a difference. It's a, yeah, it's, yeah. You, you get the authentic me, but when it's just me and I got that Bible and it's, we going in, we going in. And it's going to be uh, pressing the gas the entire time, full speed ahead. You better strap on your seatbelt, right? But I kept that in my pocket and I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to launch, uh, I'm going to change this live that I'm doing and I'm going to give it a name called Not Too Preachy, where you can be informed, inspired, comforted, and convicted all from the word of God, just not too preachy. I like that. It's good. That's good. <laughs> That's, and, and, and then when I found out that there was a need because I relaunched it right during the pandemic and before you know it, everybody's online doing something and it's, and it's cool and I'm like, man, it's going to be saturated, but it's it's a thousand different water bottles in the convenience store right now. It's not saturated. There's enough room for everybody, man. But that's right. literally how it came up. And man, when I tell you, it it, it struck a chord with people. Uh, they, they've tuned in and they've liked it. I've had anywhere from 10 views to 900, right? And I'm just like, 900, 900 clicks or 900 people at least played a second of my... Like, are y'all really in here? For, like, it was, it was, it was mind blowing, Mike. Like, I just did not believe, but I knew to me it was catchy. Yeah, yeah, it is, it, it, it is. You know, there's something about the title "Not Too Preachy" that just makes you want want to tune in. You know, and and let me say this to you, brother: your gift makes room for you. Church, you know your gift. Your gift has made room for you, you know. So, yeah, there's a whole lot of stuff out there, but 
you know, saturation doesn't matter when your gift is making room for you. That's right. good. Right, right. And, and if your water tastes good. There it is. There it there is. There it is. Don't be out there. I hope I don't offend anybody right here, but uh, no, let me keep that to myself. <laughs> Call uh, me later, man. <laughs> yeah, let, let me let me hold on to that one. Oh, JB, man, that that is outstanding. So, thank you for sharing. You know, man, that about your journey. You know, into forty one, forty two, and not too preachy. Make sure y'all check out not too preachy. And bless. YouTube. And by the way, bless beats is still going. Right, they still doing their thing. It's Marcus Sullivan. That's the guy that does the morning show on 90, 91.7 Engine Radio. Marcus Sullivan. So that's Memphis. That's that's the guy that that helped me, that gave me the inspiration for not to preach. So I got to give a shout out to that guy because what's about to happen with him, it's gonna be. I'm, I'm one day you you gonna you gonna see you like oh that's that Marcus Sullivan you were talking about yes sir yes sir yeah yeah man not too preachy I I love it I love it. Tell me, is there anything that keeps you up at night? Yeah. How much time have I wasted? How much time? My One of my um, chief enemies is procrastination. Let me ask you this. And I'm, I'm playing... Uh, I just want to look at this from a different perspective. Uh-huh. Is it procrastination or is it marination? For me, I don't even know if that's a word. Is we're it gonna go with procrastinating that. or are you marinating? Um, a lot of stuff is procrastination. Okay. There, are, there may be one or two things, but I, but I, I know where I struggle, and and that one is sometimes just poor usage of my time, mm-hmm. um, and knowing that it could get done. But then I don't get it done. And then I do the old college thing, which crammed to get it done. And then it still comes out decent. Then I'm wondering how much better would it have been if I'd have taken 10 minutes this day and maybe 15 minutes the next day instead of trying to take two or three hours this one day and saying, kids, leave me alone. Don't talk to me for about two hours because I got to do this when I could have stolen, not stolen time, but used time in different spots. And so sometimes I, I roll over in the bed like, man, I'm not, I'm not even asleep. Because I'm thinking about what I could have done and what I could be doing, and why are you not getting out of the bed while you up to go knock that out, right? Yeah. Um, so that that keeps me up at night. How many opportunities have I missed because of procrastination? And watch this, Mike. Some of my procrastination has to do with fear. I'm like I'm afraid to try it. I'm afraid to step out. I don't know what they're gonna say. I don't know if they're gonna like it. I don't know if this is the right thing. Is this God? You know what I mean? Is, is this the voice of God? Mean. I know if, what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. And um afraid of failure, afraid of success. I'm, ah, listen, that's real. There are some people who are afraid of success. Because if I do this to this standard, y'all going to expect me to do it this way every time. Bruh. And I don't know if I want to do it like this every time. That's a real conversation. How about That's this? a real conversation. How about this? At what I felt like at that time in my life was my highest successful moment. Exposed my greatest moral ineptitudes. Mm. 
That's good. That's where I started to struggle. Because this is just keeping a hundred. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna keep it a buck, but I'm not gonna give it all. But that's where I let my guard down. Because if we rolling, we good, right? And now I'm at a point to where sometimes I'm afraid to be in that place again because I don't know if I have built up the strength or the stamina or the barriers enough to endure it again. Right. Have I have I have I done the work? And I, I would say I have. But the only way, you know, if you can stand something is when you got to stand in it. Right. 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 That's good. Listen, I, the title of this podcast is not to preach. OK. And Jason Brown, JB. He's not being too preachy right now, but what he is giving you is meat, not milk. Everybody may not pick up what you're putting down, but you're talking real. You're talking real. You are, you are, you are speaking to a very mature audience right now. I got to say that you're speaking to a very mature audience right now. There is something to be said about growth. And that's what you're talking about. You're talking about growth. Yeah. You're talking about growth. Um, my brother and I were talking. We had a conversation, man, about, about a month ago. And we were talking about all of these issues that we have because of our progress bro and i was like you know we uh, we just had to point out that we were like man we're talking about progress problems we're talking about privilege problems right and then it reminded me of uh td jakes you know hearing him say can you stand to be blessed because it's 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 different so good stuff jb good stuff um, man, we could stay there for a minute, but we're going to keep moving forward. Let's talk about recommendeds. Let's talk about recommendeds. Y'all, listen, I'm telling y'all, man, you may have to rewind a little bit, screw up back a little bit, listen to what this brother was saying, and then say, what what, what did he mean by that? There's some good conversation pieces in here. It's for mature. It's, it's meat. It's not milk. So, JB, recommended reads. What are you reading right now, and what do you recommend that we also should read? You know, other than the Bible, um, my my favorite book, my two favorite books, the autobiography of Malcolm X, um, as told to um, Haley, escape for escape my uh, Alex Haley, Alex Haley, thank you, mm-hmm. um, and the Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Matter of fact, Coelho is probably right now my favorite author like i like reading his stuff man um he, he takes it's, it's he takes biblical narratives right turns it into a journey that's not in the text so it's fiction based on what we know but he takes it on a journey of of discovery and that's what the, the alchemist man i mean uh, if, if you read any books you have got to read the alchemist and you might need to read it twice um, That's good. Uh, I like, um, and now that I'm thinking about it, um, Screw Tape Letters by C.S. Lewis. It's a fantastic read. So open your mind up to, to that to that particular reading. Um, right now, I'm trying desperately to finish Post Traumatic Slave Syndrome. That, Mike, that is. Probably 
right now the hardest read because of the things that is opening up and exposing not only in my own eyes as I look at myself and how I react and relate to the world that we're in, but also as I look at the people with whom we share this world. Yeah. And and understanding that you don't understand that you are a benefactor of our trauma, both monetarily and mentally. We don't have time to get into that, right? <laughs> yeah. But but it, listen, but trauma has been a recurring theme in this season of the podcast. You know, and it's time. Listen, I was reading the new Jim Crow. And I'm going to be honest with you, JB, I had to put the book down. Add that to the list of a book that I hadn't finished because I couldn't. Yeah, I had to put the book down because the reading was, it was, I just couldn't take any more of the reading, you know, because somebody is not only putting words to the life that you know, they're, they're putting statistics behind it. They're putting data behind the life that you know. You've lived these things. And now somebody is saying, this is how systemic and bad it is. So I had to put the book down. Um, when They See Us, I think that's the name of it by Ava DuVernay. DuVernay. Yeah. Listen, I still haven't seen it. I, I, I can't I, watch it. I watched the first episode. I have not gone back to it. I, I can't, and man, I can't. I'm having trouble. I can't ingest any more trauma, man. I, I'm, I'm because if I keep doing it, then I don't. I just I don't know what's going to happen. But I was I was in such a. I don't even know if angry, but that was a part of it. Like I can't. And how and how do I break the cycle for my children? Am I right. pouring this trauma into because that's what our trauma is? Our trauma is transferred trauma. We've experienced some trauma, but a lot of our trauma as a people is transferred trauma. That's right. That's Why right. do we? So, 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 yeah, um, another one, because, yeah, uh, New Jim Crow, I couldn't finish it. I'm still on page like 130 or something like that, right? Um, so I, I I decided to watch uh, 13th, which it was hard to watch. <laughs> yeah. But um, um, Why We Can't Wait by Dr. King, um, which which chronicles um, some of the boycotts and, and the reason why they were doing the boycotts and the methods of the boycotts was that was that was a good read as well. Um, a lot of people, you know, paint Dr. King as the whole hum when he was probably just as radical and revolutionary as any civil rights leader that was out there. You know, preachers wouldn't even let them allow him to come into their church, man. Black preachers would not allow yeah. him to come into their church because he come in and, and he's stirring up the trouble. Yeah, I have to do a better job in this next season of my life of getting to know Dr. King. Yeah. Not Black History Month, Dr. King. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. You know, I have to do a, a better job in this season of my life of getting to know Dr. King and reading his writings. This this is what I did, man. When we um we went to uh, Atlanta and we went to the King Center. And so what I started to do was start to pick up his old sermons they had at the King Center at the time that I went, which was like uh, maybe 2010, 2009, 2010. And in that bookstore, they had a lot of his sermons on CD, and I still have them. And I started picking up his sermons and his speeches and listening to what he was saying. Say, man. Now, he, I, yeah. 
Yeah. And then when you go back and listen to the um, the last speech he gave, the, the mountaintop speech, when you go back and listen to it, he was calling for boycotts then. Like, we're not buying run the bread. We're not going to this store. This is how this going to go. Yeah. And then found himself in scripture. Yeah. Yeah. Meat. Meat. That's more meat right there. All right. Recommended music. What are you listening to? I'm going to recommend we listen to. I'm going to back into this. All right. Okay. Let me preface this by saying I am not too preachy. Charlie Hip. Charlie Hip. I'm back into this. If you're not listening to Toby, you lost. All right. So for those of y'all out there, we're talking about Toby and Guigui. All right. She's from the southwest side of Houston, by the way. But Toby, Toby is crazy. Um, and so I'm giving Toby a lot of play. Uh, I give uh, Brad Jordan a lot of play. You want to you address that one too? Okay. For those of you who may not know who Brad Jordan is, also known as Scarface. Southside. Of Ghetto Boys fame. Yeah. And solo artist fame. Yes. One of the best. One of the GOATs. I'm going to be real with you. No, one facts. of the GOATs. Facts. If, he, if he's not in your top whatever, I struggle with your hip-hop list. Anyway, um, I'm giving Nas a lot of play. That King's Disease one and two, yes, particularly one, but even two when he he uh, brings back Lauren Hill. My goodness, yes. I don't know who else could have done that, but Nasir Jones, right? She's saving souls while y'all worried about her lateness. <laughs> Come on, yes, sir. Um, <laughs> uh, Black Thought. I love Black Thought, man. Um, and I, I actually for for about. Six months, I was listening to that freestyle on YouTube like once a week. Uh, yeah, man. That was, that was, that was, that's, that's, that's still incredible. Yeah. Um, I, I hear it playing right now. I ain't going to go through it. Um, I, I like, if you haven't heard of Lecrae, yo, I, I love Lecrae. Lecrae, um, Lecrae is fantastic, man. Um, Andy Minio, like Andy Minio is this, these guys got on the same record label. They didn't reach record. So Lecrae and Andy Minio, right? Okay. But there's a guy that used to be on their record label that's not anymore, but has so much good music and so much good content. His name is Show Baraka. Show Baraka. Mm -hmm. If you go pick up, uh, I think um, the last album he may have done was uh, Narratives. The, the picture that he takes looks like, uh, like he's mimicking uh, Frederick Douglass. Uh, but he talks about... Uh, you know, race, you know, he, uh, gentrification, uh, uh, addiction to pornography. Uh, I, I mean, and from I, I have every one of Show's albums, and he never disappoints. Lyrically, content-wise, um, he is really one of my favorites. And he's not in anybody's top five, um, but because he doesn't have that kind of mass appeal, but when he was in reaches and appeals a little bit better, then he went independent and dropped a couple of albums. Man, I mean, that guy's incredible. But you also have to consider uh, Antoine Patton and Andre Benjamin. Okay. Constant rotation. Um, so, again, if you're not familiar with those names, uh, we're talking about Antoine Big Boy Patton and Andre 3000 Benjamin Stacks. of my personal favorite group. 
um, operating under the crooked American system too long, outcast. Pronounced outcast. O U T K A S T. For those of y'all who are listening out there and watching by YouTube, my personal favorite group. That's 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 where we agree, bro. If we never agree on anything else, we got the Lord and Outcast. Man, <laughs> yeah, I feel I just Domino. <laughs> Man, you know, big joker. Man, Let's go. <laughs> when when you need that last book, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I just hit you right there. No, nah, man, no, nah, that's that's uh, that is that is my favorite hip hop group. When I listen to them, I instantly turn into an alien that lives in Stankonia. That's it, man. Listen, I don't know if there was a prouder day in my life. My my youngest son. I think this was his senior year of high school. I walk in the house. He's up in his room, you know, by his home by himself because my oldest son is off in college. So he's got the music blasting. And I just hear that outcast bass line. The hootie who bass line. I'm like, perhaps, perhaps I've done something right in raising this boy. Man, you want to talk about made a brother proud oh man yeah that's that's, yeah the fact that when i play some of it sometimes that my children know at least the chorus because i can't play all of it right right but they they are very much aware and so me and my son we get in these arguments about greatest lyricists i said first of all you can't be in this conversation because your your lexicon is very very small yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah. We have, a, we have a ways to go. I actually <laughs> was a little courageous and played the Black Thought freestyle. And you know what that boy said? That was all right. That let me know right there. We have no conversations about hip hop. We can't. We can't. Yeah. He gonna hear it one day and be like, ooh. Ooh, right. Ooh. Did he say ooh. that? Don't go ooh. Kanye. Did he say that? <laughs> ooh. And he gonna come to you, he gonna be like, dad. So, you remember that Black Thought Freestyle? Man, listen, we could, we could stay here all day. Let's keep going. All right, recommended podcast. Recommended um, podcast. What you got for us? And besides not to preach, because that's definitely recommended. So, um, I don't listen to a ton of podcasts because my commute to work is so short. Um, okay. But if there are a few that I recommend, of course, the network, that's what we own, right? Um, enjoy this one. Um the Ghetto Boys podcast, though, is <laughs> is actually uh, a pretty interesting one to get perspectives from those guys in different areas. Um, that's that's really it. That's really it. Okay. I, I listen to yours, and I listen to the Ghetto Boys podcast. But the, normally, I'm, when I'm riding into work, I'm I'm NPR and sports radio, uh, okay, for the most part. Okay. Okay. Good stuff. All right. We got two more segments to go. This one is the lightning round. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to throw some things at you, man. First thing that comes to the dome, hit us with it. You ready? All right. Let's go. All right. This question I ask just about every guest. If you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? Uh, ooh. Lightning round. So that means I need to go a little bit faster, right? Um, hit us with it. First thing that comes to mind. Flight. I want to fly. Okay. Okay. See, that's good. Because I actually got another question in here that deals with that. It's going to be easy for you. Okay. Would you rather live in the ocean 
or live on the moon? Oh, ocean. Would you rather time travel to the past to meet your ancestors or to the future to meet your descendants? I need to go to the past. I want to, I want to, see, I want to see where I'm from. Oh, man, definitely. Would you rather lose all your money or all your pictures? Burning pictures. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. I already know the answer to this one because you talked about it, but would you rather run at 100 miles per hour or fly at 10 miles per hour? Oh, and uh, if that's the case, then I'm running 100 miles an hour, honestly, if I got to choose between those two. Okay, okay, okay. All right, fill in the blank. The pandemic has... taught me to give grace to myself. Good. The future will be incredible if I keep waking up at five in the morning like I have for the past two weeks. The best thing about attending an HBCU was oh this is, this is a public forum right? Yes, this is a public forum. Okay. Developing all of the relationships that I developed over those last years. All right, here we go. We got word association. Okay. Shakari Richardson. Toast. I'm, and I'm talking about I'm talking about Camp Eight Ball scraping it off toast. <laughs> <laughs> Reparations. Not enough money. Last one, Andre 3000. Goat. All right, that was the lightning round. This brings us to the last segment. This last segment is called You Didn't Ask. You didn't This ask. is where you get to give any unsolicited advice. Excuse me. <coughs> Water went down the wrong way. I understand. All right, man. so what unsolicited advice would you like to share for this segment titled You Didn't Ask? You didn't ask me, but I'm going to tell you, don't let fear rule your decisions. You can actually move forward with the fear. That's called courage. Don't fall into the trap of saying you can't be afraid. You can be. Psalm just 13 sure says, moving forward. Just, just keep moving forward. The scriptures often say when I'm afraid, not if I'm afraid, when I'm afraid. Just keep moving forward. That's good. That's good. You didn't ask, but there it is. Yeah. JB, man, this has been excellent and awesome and any other good adjective that you can think of. Listen, <clears throat> good people, I need y'all to understand that this is the network. This is my attempt and JB's attempt. This is our attempt at creating a modern podcast version of the Negro Motorist Green Book. With each interview, we are building a network of talented professionals that you can reach out and touch. Make sure you get at JB. Follow his social media. Check him out uh, with Not Too Preachy by JB. And then understand that every single episode that we do here is designed to help the physical, mental, spiritual, and financial health of Black people living in and traveling through America. 
Listen, subscribe to the network. You never know. You might need it. JB, brother, you have blessed us today, man. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate you, bro. No, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for being, being a good brother, man.